Hey guys, you know that we have great advertisers that support this show and help keep it free for you. Well, one of the reasons why advertisers love Happy, Sad, Confused is that they know the show has amazing listeners like you. So about once a year, we run a listener survey to help demonstrate this to our advertisers. Right now, we have an all-new survey that I'd like you to take a little time to complete just for us to help the advertisers learn more about you guys. So just go to podsurvey.com slash happy. Survey will only take five minutes, I swear to you. We are going to ask you some questions about yourself and what you like to buy, but it's all totally anonymous. Your answers will help us find advertisers that are well-matched to you, your interests, and the show. When you've finished, you can also enter a monthly drawing to win a $100 Amazon gift card. So even if you've taken one of those surveys before, I would like to just ask you to take this new one. It's been completely revised, and advertisers really like it when we have the most up-to-date answers. Plus, you get that chance to win the $100 gift card. So thanks for helping us find the best advertisers so we can help keep this show free. Remember, advertisers support the show keeping it free for you. This is how it works, guys. So please just go to podsurvey.com slash happy. Take the survey. Less than five minutes, guys. Come on. And maybe a $100 gift card in the bargain. Go there. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy Set Confused. I am Josh Horowitz, and you're knee-deep in it now. Oh man, you're in my podcast. Thanks for wading in. That's the water analogy. I don't know. Uh, you're in the podcast uh, of my brain right now. And luckily, you're not going to just hear from me. You're going to hear from a lovely and very talented actress momentarily uh, that you might not have heard of. Okay, so a lot of the actors and filmmakers on the show, probably 90% of them, if you're like me, if you're like a movie or TV fan, you know them immediately off the bat. There's a chance when you clicked on this, you're like, oh, I don't know who this person is. Let me explain to you why this is important for this episode. Alicia Vikander is the name of the uh, actress I spoke to for this week's episode. And this is, this is going to be a bragging rights kind of show for you to listen to because in six months, everyone is going to be talking about Alicia Vikander. She, um, she's kind of having a moment. She's got like, I don't even know, six movies coming out this year. A few of them have already opened. She started in uh, Ex Machina, which is out in theaters now, which you should check out if you haven't already. She's in the new film, Testament of Youth, which is an exceptional piece of work as well. Uh, that's what she really specifically came in here to talk about. It's her and Kit Harrington. Hello, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you get that in the bargain. Um, and she's also just got a ton of really interesting material coming up. She's in Guy Ritchie's new movie. She's in um, the new Eddie Redmayne movie from the director of um, King's Speech uh, called The Danish Girl that's opening later this year. Um, and, and more I can't even think of right now. And she's attached to cool new projects with Tom Hanks. She might be in the next Bourne movie. Seriously, um, this actress is... Uh, is great and is just going to be her, her career's about to explode in a big way. Um, and having seen both Testament and Youth and Ex Machina in recent weeks, I can say I support this fully. She is super talented. I mean, she's gorgeous. That's a given. She really, you'll see, um, she's very striking on camera, but she's, um, she's a great actor to boot. And she's been doing this a little bit. She's only 26. Um, she's from Sweden. Um, and, it's uh, it's kind of this is an interesting one because it's a, it's a fun time to talk to her. She is at that moment, kind of like that transition period from someone that in the industry people know and about to get more well known on a bigger scale thanks to this really interesting assortment of films. It reminds me of you know a few years ago when Jessica Chastain, you know, had three or four movies in one year and suddenly we went from zero to sixty in terms of knowing who she was. So I'm excited that this one worked out um, and she couldn't have been sweeter i find actually this conversation gets also better as it goes along i think she she warms up i got a chance to talk to her a few weeks ago about ex machina and um you know sometimes it takes time to establish trust and get somebody out of their comfort zone or, uh, or into their comfort zone and um by the end she's hysterical telling some really amazing stories about uh, horrible auditions gone awry um and uh some other fun stuff so uh check this one out. I think I'm really proud of this one. I'm really happy we had her on the show when we did. And uh, check out Testament of Youth. And go back and check out Ex Machina. 
and then go watch Anna Karenina and Royal Fair, which are some of her older films, and then brag to your friends that you knew who Alicia Vikander was before them. Uh, as always, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Tell me what you want to know. Tell me who you want to hear. And now, listen to this week's podcast. I just like to say her name, Alicia Vikander. Microphone, you're upset. Uh, you. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm, it's one of the. Are you gonna play piano? What are you doing? Like <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a little Elton John? What do you want to do? I'm gonna refer this on here too as a backup because I've learned my lesson. Because sometimes things go it's awry. Just technology, right? Yeah. How are you with technology, Alicia? Um, I mean, is this proof? Oh. Oh, you're not good at technology. I'm looking no, at Alicia's I, 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 very broken iPhone. Yeah. You know, I have never <laughs> dropped my iPhone and never cracked it. Well, I, 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 this was kind of coming, I guess, because I think I've dropped my phone about 50 times. So between the two of us, broke, it's a And I was like amount. kind of proud of having a phone that I could just, you know, um, throw in the ground and it never cracked. But yeah. Oh, no. well, I caught up with you. Yeah, um, thank you for stopping by. It's good to see you again. Good um, to see you again. I feel like I'm going to interview you. Ten- I love that photo, by the way. It's a great photo, right? <laughs> Happy, sad, confused. You're going to do it again, by the way. Great. I get you all some of my uh, self today, not Ms. Donnell interfering. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk to you like 10 times this year, I'm sure. Because, as you may know, you've well, been working. Well, we do a different medium each time we do Yeah, TV what are we going to do? We'll do a puppet show next? Stuff. What yeah. should we do? We- that sounds fun. I've never done that. <laughs> Me neither. Could be new. Um, congratulations. There's the door. Are we expecting something? Hello. Come in. There we go. Oh, beverages. This is important. You need to be hydrated. And a lot of running around. It's all good. It's all okay. good. When, when good. you're running around town, you need to no, be hydrated. No, actually, no, no, I've been just, no, it's the, what is it called, media. It's really weird. It is weird. Did you do another satellite you, tour thing? One yeah, of those? the worst thing was, though, yeah, satellite for like two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and Kit and I, you know, we did it together, thank God. But then midway, they wanted us to kind of look side of camera, not in camera. So okay. they put up without just like, okay, and this is the new, uh, this is the next one. Uh, just look at this. And then we were on. Uh, live and it was a smiley. No, and he talked and my kids and I had a smiley. What was the purpose of this? Why are they just because trying to mess with your head? Well, I think so. <laughs> Psychological torture. And this poor, you know, journalist just wondered why we we're just laughing our heads oh off on the other side when we tried to have very serious conversations. <laughs> this is a serious movie. We need to talk seriously. Congratulations, actually, in all earnestness. It's a great piece of work. I saw it the other day. You both are excellent in it. Thank um, you so much. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's obviously exciting that you're in a bunch of these really cool films. It's also exciting just to look at them, at least on paper. Have you seen Ex Machina? Obviously, and this. They're also different. They're all. All over the map. Very different films, yeah. Which is what you ideally want as an actor. Yes, I mean... To carve out a career where you can do anything. Definitely. I mean, you you just... You you want to try... I think you get excited trying to do characters and tell stories that are something they haven't approached before. Yeah. You know, that makes it a bit scary, but very creative. And, yeah. So are you you already sick of the narrative of your year of talking to people where they're like, you're having a moment. This is it. This is the year. You're full. This is like your full on Jessica Chastain year. (laughs) You know, I just, uh, I guess I just don't get, you know, I can't really get used to it because it feels so weird it's hard to actually it's, it's, wrap your hands around them yeah because sure. like i a, mean i i wouldn't i can't they asked me do you is this true and i was like well i wouldn't say that about myself and, right you know but you know it is a lot and i'm i'm, I'm still quite young so yeah. it's it's I'm, I'm very fortunate that i've been able to you know do so much work i guess how is how is the press side of things because you i mean you've you've been doing this a few years in, in film now where um, and certainly for a royal affair and um, and Anna Karenina, I'm sure you started to do the whole junket thing and everything. I mean, and and you've become friends with people that have been doing this for a while. I'm sure. Are you? Do you have a philosophy in terms of like how you are approaching all of this? Because you know, I've talked to many actors who want to. You want an air of mystery, not even like in a nefarious way, but you want to protect something, and yet you want to put yourself out there a little bit. I would hope. Well, well yeah. I mean, because you want. I mean, I. It's it's exciting when you start to press junket. I'm always, you know, I've 
I think I've, I was quite terrified in the beginning of this year because in one way I've been in a very safe zone. I've just been on set and I've yeah. been like doing my prep and filming and, you know, I, I feel so much more comfortable in front of a film camera than right. doing press and, you know, and talk about yourself. You know, that's why, you know, going to a press junket to talk about the films is much right. easier right. Um, and exciting because, you know, you... you you also, a storytelling in the end, and you want people to go and see the films. So, having said that, let's talk about you. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, no. We kind of are, you know, but it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's it's. I think it's something that you know you um you're not used to it in the beginning, yeah. so you kind of have to just yeah. Well, it's also just like, I mean, I've talked to many people about this because it is bizarre. It's like. Is my life that interesting to talk ad nauseum 150 times? Like it's it must be I just think an out of body weird. That people just yeah, they'll just be bored. Right, <laughs> I won't be bored. I'll let you know. I'll yawn visibly, and that 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 will, you'll know to move on. No, um, but you you grew up obviously in Sweden. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, I, I'll have you know, I, I vacationed in Stockholm last oh, year. Oh, you, you have? I oh, where did. did you go? Um, well, we did, we did some uh, fjords in Norway. We oh, did a little did. that. Oh, I'm so, well, both Ex Machina and uh, film Danish Girl that I did now brought me to the fjords. I had never been oh, really? as a Scan- Scandinavian to the fjords, so that was very exciting. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah, Amazing. It's stunning. It we looks like here. other worldly, you know, yeah. Um, is, was, is, did you cl- grow up close to Stockholm? I have no, I have such ignorance about Sweden. So no, I, mean, I grew it's up in the, uh, the second biggest town, um, uh, Gothenburg. Yeah. And that's where my, my, my mom and my dad lives just outside of Gothenburg. And I, I, uh, moved to Stockholm when I was 15. Got it. Yeah. To and do you have an affection for, for that city? I mean, it's not home anymore, but is it? Well, you know, um, I grew up in Gothenburg, but Stockholm kind of, just because I was quite young still when I moved there, that kind of became my home. Yeah. But then maybe because I was so young when I first left, you know, where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit more fluent, you know, fluent when it comes to whatever, what can be home. Right. Like now I have my base in London and I feel very at home there. I do have, Swedes travel a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's a, many of my friends that I grew up with live here uh, in LA and Paris and so it feels like that makes thank God a lot easier because it can be quite lonely yeah you know you're a citizen traveling. of the world with friends in each city it's you can visit and yeah I'm, I'm so happy that my friends want to do like work abroad so I get to you know so we get to see each other it was funny to me when I when I we got off the plane in Stockholm like one of the first things I saw in the airport was just like a giant poster of Stellan Skarsgård like as if he was welcoming me to the country yeah right they have that in uh, yeah right of like different Swedish celebrities or people working in different uh, professions it just tickled me that like and I have an affection for for his work of course I mean is that how many Skarsgårds do you know at this point do you are you many Uh, (laughs) I work with some of them and uh, you know it's the dad and I think he has now Seven children. There are a bunch. Yeah, the, it's think, beyond I just Alexander. Four, There's a few that are working. Four at least that are actors. Yeah. Yeah. So, gro- so growing up, and your mom was an actress. Yes. Um, is that a path? Is that something when you see what she was able to do, or seeing someone like Stellan or other people that have kind of quote unquote made it? Is that okay? This is a viable path for me. My mom is a stage actress, and you know, I, I of course, I, I grew up kind of very close seeing the, the the passion that she had for what she did and yeah. I I as a kid I think I think it's an environment that most kids just love because it's also cool hanging out with like grown-ups who just like to play right right <laughs> so you know and I, so in one way you know I don't think I really had to I didn't have to acknowledge the fact that I was interested in theater or acting. It was just that I loved being around that. Yeah. And then, so my passion kind of came from that. And then it was, in one way, good to have a mom. I saw, uh, you know, it's a tough industry, too. And I kind of saw the reality of it. It, it, I would think also, like, a component, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, like, who doesn't want to play for a living for their entire life? (laughs) Like, if you can. If you can make it work, that sounds awesome. And also, like, I would think, you know, early validation can be important to a kid. Did you find that like in terms of like the early stuff you were doing that you were told you have an aptitude for this, that you were really good in that. And then that kind of 
push you along? Because you had it sounds like you had a few interests in terms of ballet, et cetera. Yeah, I you know I I think I I I, I like to just be very active when I was a kid. And, yeah. Um, you know, um, I was in a few musicals and I did ballet, and I, I guess it was just nice to be you know around you know creative people and also being you know other other kids i many of my friends you right. know it becomes you know a social thing too yeah i kind of it was me and my girlfriends we went to ballet <laughs> right you know, made plays and performed together and did what was the interest like what, what where was like american television or quote-unquote hollywood film living in your life at that time was it a big it, thing was it well it is i mean it's, it's like still that's why i think you know in, in scandinavia actually or in some other um, like European countries where we don't dub films or TV, you know, your English becomes quite good. Sure. Even though you learn it in school, you kind of hear it because uh, we have probably every single, you know, TV show and, you know, the films come to Sweden sometimes the same time they come out in right. the States. So, you know, you, 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 you are brought up with that and then, of course, with Scandinavian TV and film culture. And what, well. so what were, were their first obsessions in terms of film and TV that resonated with you that were your big touchstones as a kid? Uh, it's interesting, you know, doing a testament of youth now, actually, because I was a kid who kind of was totally in love with British kind of costume dramas. <laughs> okay. I was also, uh, which, you know, it's something like So it was like, like Merchant me- Ivory kind of stuff? Was it that kind of thing? No, well, it- well, oh, I can't even, you, it was a lot of, uh, I actually had, I mean, it feels feel so pretentious to say something I don't mention often, but I was a kid, I think, because my mom performed a lot of Shakespeare on stage. Sure, I was like a nine-year-old kid who had like every single adaptation of different Shakespeare plays that they had done in Britain. Yeah, look, you're talking to somebody so? that, that vividly remembers, and I, I had Kenneth Brown on the podcast, like I vividly remember, as I'm a bit older than you, of like basically skipping school to go see Hamlet in the theater. Like when his four-hour Hamlet came out, it was like the biggest event of my life. So yeah. you're in a safe spot. It's okay. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, it is great stuff. It's just, you know, it's sweet. Yeah, so I remember my mom was in, like you, like you, I didn't go, not was not Hamlet, but I remember she did a version of Romeo and Juliet. And I think I saw it 27 <laughs> times. You know, it's like how kids... You know, I can be surprised when my friend's children kind of can see the oh, same over. cartoon every single day. Yeah. And that was how it was with theater, you know. Yeah. So when did um, it go from interest, fun, to something that felt serious, felt like this is actually viable? It's, it's one of those things when, you know, I think with every kind of big transition in life, you, you can't really... There's not you don't, one you do, moment, yeah. You, and you don't know when you're in it. It's some, maybe something you can start to reflect of looking back, and yeah. then it's also your idea of whatever memories and whatever happened. But, I you know, I think it was probably when I... I did a TV series when I was 16 with um, Thomas Alfredson, who did um, Let the Right One In. Right. quite big here. Um, and um, and then I was still in ballet school, and you know, you mid-teens, you started. To, at least other people ask you all the time, "So, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to be?" And you know, people maybe thought I was on that path of being a dancer, and I thought myself. But after I almost quit to do that series for two months, I think I realized that I had, a, you know, that passion of not knowing. I couldn't say no. That yeah. was what happened. I almost left school because I so badly wanted to do that. Series. That's a good sign that you're that passionate about something. That that should tell you, okay, maybe this is worth actually committing yeah. to. Hey guys, I'm here with another thing to talk about with you guys. Something important. Something we've talked about before. It's snacking. This is this is big stuff, guys, because. I like to snack because I'm a human being and you're probably a human being, which means you like to snack. And if you're like me, you probably don't want to kill your body with really um, disgusting food that's bad for you, but you also want to taste things that are good for you and taste good. Well, that's where graze.com comes in. Graze.com wants to show you the tasty side of healthy snacking and you can try it for yourself for free using the code HAPPY. Graze.com, if you don't know, and I think you know by now if you've listened to Happy Sack Confused, it's a snack service that delivers tasty and nutritious snacks right to your work or home. All the snacks come in perfectly portioned packs. They're great for on the go and treating yourself without overdoing it. They've got 
pure fruit and nut mixes, cookie dippers, a vast variety of over 100 unique snack creations means that there's always something new and diff, uh, different to try. Uh, stuff like uh, punchy protein nuts with a chili lime twist and seven grams of protein, or campfire s'mores with chocolate and salt, salted almond buttons and vanilla cookie drops and mini marshmallows that are only 130 calories. Come on, guys. I mean, seriously, right? When you sign up, browse and rate all the snacks to help them handpick a personalized box to your taste preferences and dietary requirements. Each snack is approved by their in-house nutritionist, contains no GMOs, artificial flavors, or trans fat, so you can feel good about what you're snacking on. All right, guys, it's time. Go to graze.com, G-R-A-Z-E.com right now to get a free trial box that includes four of their top-rated and most delicious snacks and use the special code HAPPY. That's graze.com with the code HAPPY for your free box. What was your first experience in the States? Did you go as a kid or did you go for work? Uh, I um, the first time I went, it was I'd finished uh, as quit. No, first time I went to the States was actually for ballet. I was uh, here for a summer course to, at the American Academy of Ballet for three months. Got a Where scholarships. It's just outside. It's not Manhattan, but it's Got in it. New York. Uh, oh. um, so I was I was there for a few, but we only went to Manhattan to see like one Broadway show one day to see Hairspray. I think. <laughs> <laughs> one afternoon, and then we went back. So I didn't really see New York. Right. Uh, so then I came back with a few friends when I was like eighteen. I bought my I had saved uh, some money, and I went here for like ten days. Stayed at the Jane Hotel. <laughs> I remember. Um, yeah. And was it mind-blowing? Was it a big thing? It was a big thing. I was still, you know, young. I was 18. So yeah. it was quite a big thing, but yeah. I, I loved it. And then I was back here um, about before I had done any English like um, work, really. I was here for, I've saved money for some Swedish work that I had done. And I was here for four weeks starting to do some meetings and yep. castings. And that was also, I was walking down the street when Joe Wright um, gave me a call. I had no, you know, picked up the phone and it was Joe Wright. I had no idea. I had my number. I got really freaked out. And and he just asked me because I had met him and done a casting back in London. And he said, um, you know, would, would, would you like to come and do Kitty with us? And so that's a New York memory I have because I kind of walked thing, with those yeah. big, you know, and I was crying and dancing <laughs> by myself on the streets of New York. I couldn't believe it it was overwhelming <laughs> and that, that was that was post probably both pure and a royal affair yes yes because it seemed like that that was the one-two punch that probably got you on the radar yeah, worldwide that, right Did, yeah that, those were the two like scandinavian projects i kind of managed to travel and go to some film festivals yeah. and so they kind of you know suddenly opened up possibilities and doors that i probably i never thought <laughs> going to be there did it feel i mean joe wright you know anna karenina it's obviously you're not yet delving in there into like superhero film or anything like that but joe wright is like you know working within the machine it was probably like a focus film or something it was a studio kind of project i would think yeah um did it feel like this is i'm in the big leagues i'm in something different so it's oh, i mean it was big so joe wright, i mean joe wright is quite extraordinary and he i love i love that was my first experience, you know, in English language, as I said. And he likes to, on most of his film work, a bit like like if it's a theater company. You know, right. he, he really, you never have time, but he actually pushes and always had like two or three weeks of rehearsals. So we kind of all met up and, you know, it was Kira Knightley and Jude Law and all those other actors that I've seen up on the screen and yeah. admired for years. And we kind of all were told to come in sweatpants and like sneakers and we all sat in a ring and then we kind of got divided into groups and we got like different um, uh, missions to, to do and then we had like show and tells. <laughs> and, and we all, Total typical yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For... And it was like, well, and everybody, the nice thing was to see how nervous Everybody. Everyone's like, is this how you do it? Because I don't it's do like, it this way. Yeah. But this is awesome. But. And then, you know, when we kind of learned different kind of, you know, games, we're running around, like lying on the floor, rolling around. It was very, you know, but the good thing was that, you know, within two days, you kind of had, you know, gotten to know people. Yeah. Because you just had to throw yourself out there. But I mean, I almost had to run to the, I felt sick. That was <laughs> like, I thought I just signed on to do the movie, not do oh, trust falls and no, have games. 
I always think of like, you know, Coppola famously does something similar where like he brings everybody to like the winery, like in Napa for like, that a, sounds amazing. Right. Well, that's it. Right. And come on. And like spends a month just drinking wine and reading from the book that it's inspired by. It's like, Oh yeah, that sounds like acting fantasy. I camp. think it helps though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in, well, in, uh, in t- testament of years, I, kn- I knew Kit since a few years we've been friends. We were, right. and you know, in X Mac and I, Donald and I have worked together before Every time I totally understand now why people maybe go back and work with the same people because it's like I said you don't have time and it's such a such a work trust means everything yeah making films and being creative and dare dare to do mistakes in front of other people right. I think um, so you know go away to a vineyard and <laughs> that's the best possible together, one to you know? do <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was saying before I, I really did enjoy the film and it's 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 frankly a story it's based on a true, uh, you know, true story. I was relatively totally ignorant. Let's not even like whitewash it. I was totally <laughs> ignorant about this woman that you play. I feel like this is almost, this is a horrible analogy. It's almost like your superhero origin story because this is like, this is the beginning of what, like what I didn't even realize by the end, like went on to be a really important life that really transformative life. Um, talk to me about like knowing where she ended up with, did that help inform sort of, the arc of this character through these, it's like a World War One tale, it's a romance, yeah. it's a lot of things. I mean, like you, I, because I grew up in Sweden, I, I didn't know of her until a friend of me, mine, recommended the book a few years ago. And, you know, so only if you read about her, you kind of read a lot about the work that, you know, that she did when she became the name right. of the, the novelist and the books that she wrote. And she was a big feminist and pacifist in the 20th century. And But, you know, with this story... Um, you know, we kind of tell the story of her finding her voice. Yeah, It's a coming-of-age story. So um, I kind of, when I read the book and some of the kind of um, letters and uh, and the diaries that I actually read of her that from that age, I kind of liked that she was a bit, you know, difficult to kind of like. She was very frank and a bit, you know, pig-headed. And a bit, you know, mm-hmm. and which I also think is a very youthful thing i think it's a very teenage thing right. to think you know better than everybody yeah you're on top of the world <laughs> and that's fine and it is very true and that was also a way for me to connect with her weirdly too right because it kind of i was almost a bit like you said a bit terrified taking on this part of such an important story and yeah. such an important woman and suddenly bringing her down feeling making her human having those flaws make me like her even more understand her yeah and then also knowing that she had those beliefs that's how she was and then how much she had to grow up in such short amount of time she wasn't you know 18 when the first world war broke out right. and the lot the loss that she had i mean i i don't even know how you emotionally pick yourself up from something like that i can't imagine yeah. so you know when you look at because a couple of things strike me, like when I was seeing you in this film and seeing that, you know, you're, you're the lead in this film and this is not your first lead, like from the get, almost from the get go in terms of films, you've really had been fortunate enough to have some really significant roles. Um, and we, you're 26, you're just ostensibly getting started, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah. Do you feel closer to like 18 year old Alicia or are you 26 going on 35? Like, do you feel like I'm an adult? I'm still a kid in this. I'm still. Maybe, maybe that was a good thing to kind of be in a bit of in between you know doing doing still such a journey between being a teenager and becoming a young adult or you know I, th- I think I had to actually James Kent the director was quite on both me and Kit to kind of remember because you know both of us like we probably like you said we had the kind of ideal of who those people were in our heads right. he was like you need to remind yourself you're that, that you're person 17 18 years old yeah and I think it's hard you know i I feel young but I also I think I've just Kit and I talked about this how we suddenly feel like you know you've entered late 20s and it's a lot more responsibility that you I don't know that you've started to think about in yeah. the last kind of just one two years at least both of us had the same thoughts about that and yeah I, I think this is the time this is the, the between mid-teens and now is probably one of the times when the most things happen right it's a big change so is there a sense of that too in terms of the career we you know we joke about like how much you have going on and how many films you've got that are in the can that are coming soon where it's like clearly there's some opportunities some really exciting opportunities at your feet right now and it's like 
my God, I, I'm not going to say no to working with Guy Ritchie or Joe Wright or Alex Garland. Yes, like, now's the time. Do it. That, that's probably, yeah, that's what has happened. You know, first when you start acting or, you know, for that which I thought was going to be the case, you're just always just scared of any job going to come after right. the one you're in. And, and suddenly I had filmmakers and, you know, actors and people that I've, admired and looked up to and you know I, I meet them and I just want to praise them and suddenly they ask me if I you know if I want to come and work with them and like you said no I, I haven't been able to say no and right. it is has been also some really amazing strong female complex roles and that is really rare you read a lot and I think it's a change yeah in it now over the past couple of years I think it's more and more both female directors and writers and roles that start to appear but it's still you know tricky to find them um let me if you'll indulge me I want to rattle off a couple of th things you've done and things to come and just sort of get some thoughts in terms of the kind of people you worked with or your experiences like for instance um Fifth Estate which featured the amazing Benedict Cumberbatch who doesn't love him no, master of a thousand adorable. voices like he's the most charming Daniel man on the Brill. planet I mean they're both amazing actors and Bill Condon is yeah, the I mean, sweetest man what, what do you what do you glean from that experience or from those actors what do you think of when you think of that film um, I mean to see the transformation that you know first of all uh, um, Benedict did was quite extraordinary I remember when I just stepped in doing the table read and I think everyone knew because it, he has such you know it's a person that people know People know how what he looks like, how sure. he talks. Even though he's changed his appearance quite a lot over the many over the few over the last few years, and he just kind of came in and had that accent and nailed it already. Like a couple two months before we started shooting, I got you know I was like, wow! I was like, shit, he had his, he's done it all. I was like, I hope I've done some of my prep work. You're showing us up, Benedict. Come on. <laughs> Um, and, um, you know, and Daniel, I had seen and goodbye Lennon already many years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I met him, we have some common friends and he is like the coolest guy. He's, he, he's a mix of being that, you know, German and Spanish yeah. guy at the same time. He's very like conservative German during the days. And as soon as you enter, like during the night, he becomes very Spanish. It's just in his <laughs> accent, just, which I love, you know, he's, yeah. I remember when he was doing press for Rush and we were talking a bit, he would like just love to go into that character like he could just do it like that and it was just always entertaining it always made an audience laugh yeah and um, it has like it's top as bar in berlin when we all went while shooting it was a really it was i mean it's, it was a smaller part but right. every time i came we we had a we had a really good time is, is something is something like seventh son in retrospect kind of like a rite of passage like something you have to do where it's like that kind of filmmaking which sounds like it had some it, issues with production or whatever it was i actually even though i uh, filmed it after Anna Karenina. I got it. I got the part before, mm -hmm. so that was the first part I actually got that I thought I was going to make. So, yeah. you know, to suddenly have and Sergei Bodrov, he was directing. I mean, I, I was a big fan of the Mongol. I was an oh, Oscar sure. nomination yeah, 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 yeah. a few years back, and I've seen some other of his films. And and then you know, I had never been to LA and or. That year was the first, and they flew me out, and I, you know, knew that Jeff Bridges and Julian Moore was attached. I mean, I was, that's yeah. I, I was like, well, I can just go there to do the casting and to like get one chance to meet some of my idols <laughs> and <laughs> right. shake hands. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to see uh, you've worked with Eric C in France recently, yes. who's certainly. I was in and saw a first or a second cut. Just yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, what can you, is it a similar kind of approach that he, I mean, he, he, he approaches things in a unique way. Yes, uh, anyone that knows does. about the production on Blue Valentine, et cetera, or Place Beyond the Pines. It was amazing working the way that he like, you know, um, I, I, I was, well, I did know, like, you know, well, how he approached his films and he kind of invites everybody and it's very much in one a naturalistic feel and. Um, when we shot this film, a lot of the film is set on an island and we were just, you know, it's a bigger production than the other right. two films, but still he was like, yeah, I'm going to have my crew. We all lived in caravans. We had like camps. We were two hours away from civilization, went back to a little town with a few thousand people every weekend to kind of just come some get sane. Sure. Um, but then we kind of, you know, fished around crayfish and did barbecues in the days and you know and we you know the storms in that nature i mean every time when i came back and send pictures to my 
family and my friends. It, it, I had never been to New Zealand, and the South Island in New Zealand where we shot is just feels like I'm, in, you know, on the moon or right. something. Um, so, and then you know, he builds up his set. So every we shot a lot of the film in a house, and everything exists. Like if you open a 1920s can, you know, it's actually food in it, and everything just works. Amazing. Time for a quick message from our friends over at Loot Crate. I have a question for you guys. I think I know the answer. Would you classify yourself as a geek, gamer, or pop culture nerd? If you're listening to this, I think I know the answer. Of course you are. Then Loot Crate is the subscription box for you. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to LootCrate.com happy and enter the code happy to save $3 on any new subscription. Every month, there's a different, different theme from Loot Crate, and you're guaranteed $40 or more worth of items all curated around that theme. They're inspired by, you know, it could be classic movie and video game releases as well as pulling from pop culture franchises. Uh, previous crates have included items from Star Wars, Marvel, Walking Dead, Legend of Zelda, and many more. This month, Loot Crate invites you to join the cyber revolution with an assortment of cool tech-themed collectibles from a wide array of awesome franchises. They're featuring exclusive items from Terminator Genesis, Borderlands 2, and more, including an exclusive t-shirt you won't find anywhere else. So basically, Loot Crate is like a friend who knows what you love and surprises you with an awesome present every month. And did we mention they ship to over 13 different countries too? You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So go to lootcrate.com slash happy and enter code happy to save $3 on your new subscription today. Um, Fassbender, obviously one of the greatest actors working today. He's somebody that's also done the podcast. And one of the things that strikes me in, in talking to him and seeing him in both film and then off camera is like, is kind of that disparity. Like he seems like, has that kind of like anarchic spirit that kind of like rogue quality that he can either bring to camera or not depending on the role yeah and i, I mean you know i admired his work so much i was so happy when i got the chance to work with him and he's he has kind of a very raw animalistic side to him in his parts that he's done yeah. but it's also sweet because in this role he plays a very much more gentle and closed and timid man interesting and so it's a very different role from anything i think anyone has seen him do before are you a better dancer than michael fassbender because you've got the background but i feel like i've seen the him first cut, time cut we, the a, first time we met was at the toronto film festival and i was there with my you know friends and i really like a boogie <laughs> So I was I like standing the way you there. Say boogie. Yeah. So I was I was I was standing there and my dress and I was so sweaty. <laughs> I had a beautiful dress on and I was just like dripping and I did my moves and I was down on the floor. And I was like felt it and it was like only me and my you know uh, one of my well best friends who were there with me uh, and you know everyone else like stood with their cocktails and being a bit more cool and yeah <laughs> and suddenly when you feel that someone else is like having a move and then turn around and it was Michael and he you know he's a, he's a good disco dancer he's got talents all around um, we talked briefly recently about you've just finished The Danish Girl like that must be still be fresh in your mind yeah it was just a few weeks ago but we finished up on the, that mountain in the fjords there you go in Norway <laughs> so is that something are you one of those actors that it's like you can make a quick kind of separation. This, this, this is, I mean, Tom Hooper, this is Eddie, obviously the subject matter sounds fascinating and quite timely. Um, are you still kind of living that role a little bit or are you kind of, I think I'm very much, you know, to keep saying, I just, I, I try every day to just leave yeah. work and do something else, but then it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you like, I, it was a very intense shoot. It was, a, it's a, it's a, it's a very strong story. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I think we had to push ourselves on every level quite hard, you know, emotionally. So it's more that physically you get really exhausted, you right. know, well, because tension, it's long days. Yeah. It's long days, and you 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 get almost no sleep, and it's like nine weeks of just you know being in it. Most both, uh, I think both Eddie and I are in most scenes 
many of the scenes of the film. So it was more that thing of you kind of saw the end when you're getting closer. Right. You're like, oh, I'm I'm soon there. <laughs> and then you just hold on. Soon but I then, will, but soon then, I will boogie then suddenly again. when you're standing there doing the last scene, this last take, you get completely, I, mean, I was like really emotional. Right. Because it is three, four months with people. You know, it's sometimes when you try to describe, because it is a kind of strange work environment and a strange thing, but it's like being, if someone's been to summer camp, Right. No, it's a totally. bit like, to, you know, it's like that becomes your new reality for a while. Right. And then, you know, everyone suddenly is going to go back and, you know, go on their next adventures and go. And then hopefully, you know, you get to reunite doing press a year later. There you go. The, um, I mean, what's oh, uh, very exciting, I mean, to, to talk to you and to also see sort of the opportunities that are also at your feet that are coming up. It sounds like, like, am I going to see you in this? I mean, there's talk of Bourne. There's talk of like a, a Jason Bourne movie. Can you say anything about what that would I, be? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Bourne movies yeah. and Matt and Paul Greengrass, uh, uh, but it's all I'm, I'm figuring out my own schedule yeah. at the moment. But I'm I'm a huge fan, so that would clearly check off a different kind of box lovely. for you that you haven't done. <laughs> yes, right. In a similar way to is Assassin's Creed any more formulated, or is that also kind of a potential? But who knows, kind of a thing. Yeah, I, I, I wish I knew. Yeah, all of <laughs> actually, I knew. I knew. I wish I had a, an answer. Um, were you? Uh, have you gained a certain amount of confidence in terms of like uh, I don't know how often you still have to or do audition? Is that something where like okay, I know now that I people are liking my work and I've been it's, the lead in some films, or is it any easier or what? I mean, it is strange because I don't know how many. I think when I started off in Sweden, I, when I started to do the auditions in films, you know, including the Joe Wright movie yeah. and Anna Karenina and The Seventh Son, it was like you put yourself on tape and you send away. And, you, I, you know, it took hours to kind of prepare them and have someone who helped you. And you, I think, you know, I've done probably, you know, 80, you know, castings when you – maybe 25, 30 tapes yeah. where I never even heard a no. And I was like, just asking, I was like, why am I just going doing into the this? ether? It's you know, just, <laughs> I was like, he's there. I hope it never comes out. <laughs> but you know, and so um, then to suddenly, for the, I think, Testament. No, I think it was the Guy Ritchie film. Mm-hmm. Was about, I have been. I was filming in Australia. And I was on Skype with him, and I, I prepared very well. I said, like, we're going to talk about the film, the script. And he just wanted to talk about dogs and boats, <laughs> I remember, because it was a boat and a dog next to the computer. It was really strange. And then it was like, yeah, so when do I see you? And I flew out, and Tom Cruise was involved in the film then, so I met up with them, and it was really surreal. And, <laughs> and then suddenly... They talked about, you know, when, so when we start, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're and like, I just wait, did I just get? No, what? but I just didn't get it. We talked about dogs and boats and <laughs> guitars when we met. And suddenly, you know, I called my agent and she was like, I think, yeah. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I, don't, I didn't really get what happened. When do I, when do I again go in and do my reading? You know, When does the test I, happen? Yeah. So that was the weirdest thing. <laughs> I, it, I think I called my agent three times and like, so... You know, I'm foreign, so I just want to make so. So, <laughs> what you just said, what did that mean? I mean, I was, I was really confused. Can I get something on paper for Mr. Cruz? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a, a worst audition nightmare? Was there yeah. one in particular that stands out yeah. as the one? Tell me. Um, it, it, it was. Um, it turned out to be a you know good film. It was um, a World War Z. Yep. And it's uh, it's this Israelic um, you, you know um, um, warrior girl in it and I got signs you know sent to me and I was like okay I'm gonna learn this it's just in two days and it was seven pages of like I could see the you know the page number on the top and every single page that I have bunch it was from different it was like number four number 26 <laughs> number 40 you know and they and they were only three lines and the rest was just like text right. action right like, oh, she's, you know, killing zombies, running through that a courtyard, get, jumping on a plane, killing some more zombies, uh, talking to him. You know. and and, and get, I was like, let's get out of here. And then six yeah, more yeah, lines. And I was like, so I was like, what am I? I could read. I was like, how am I going to do this? Um, and then I, uh, so I came there and I was almost, this is probably one of the times when I probably almost would have walked out because I would have thought that it was like a joke. But, the, you know, the director was there. 
the casting director and some pretty, it was like seven people in the room. So I walked in and I saw this little plastic gun on a table in front of me. And I was like, because I knew that the first page was that I shot some zombies. <laughs> and I was like, they're not going to make me do that in front of this little camera on the stand. Aww. So there was like, this is um, the, the actor next to you here is going to help you out. So he's, um, first of all, this scene is actually in the film. I loved watching, going back watching this. <laughs> so, so I've done this. Um, so that they told this actor, I was like, okay, so she's going to walk in here and you, you start just, just shoot some zombies. And then he's going to be the zombie who, who bites you in the arm. So just react to that. And uh, then he's also going to be Brad Pitt's character who then <laughs> chops off your arm to, you know, save you so you don't get infected. Oh and then it was like continued. It was like on one line there somewhere. So I started shooting with this tiny little gun. And I, I mean, in the script, it was like yeah, the biggest machine gun you could imagine. Right. So I had this little <laughs> He's pistol. got a water pistol. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, he, he bit my arm. And I was like, well, down on the floor, like screaming, <laughs> ah! for my life and suddenly you know I waited I was like oh you know I, I, I hope he's gonna chop off the arm soon and then I just screamed and screamed and then I got really silent I was like when is it happening oh. and then I like turned up my head and he stood there I already chopped off your arm <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh shit so you know and this is all filmed I want all of this video where Please. I wonder myself <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I don't know what to do with that. One, 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 one hopes that Brad Pitt doesn't every Sunday night just turn on your audition and just laugh and laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't good enough. Okay. Well, it all worked yeah. out for everybody. What an amazing story. Um, before I let you go, um, uh, we have a couple random questions. I have this weird Indiana Jones fedora. You don't have to answer all of these, although Bryce Dallas Howard. A big hat. Bryce Dallas Howard basically answered every one. Don't do that. Just answer one or two, uh, and wow. we'll see what Ooh, fate has. It's so exciting. Uh, it's very exciting. Does everyone go like. All it's up to down. you. This says something about you of how deep you put oh, your hand in the fedora. She went deep. Okay. Yeah, I did. Okay. What do you got? Karaoke. Oh, so are you a karaoke lady? Um, uh, I actually went to a place in New York just a few weeks ago here. Uh, uh, I did a very splendid um, duet version with my friend of Torn, Natalie Imbruglia. Oh, wow. I think it's a, a karaoke classic. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm usually, when I'm abroad, I'm always put, you know, they were like, oh, it's Zab, it's your song. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they know. They have your photo in every karaoke joint. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this was fun. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the rattling Tumblr. is real. We're not adding that in post. What can you eat a ton of? Almonds. <laughs> and this is not Must a be joke. The most underwhelming, have... strange answer to it, that question ever. I'll be honest. No, but I, I, I actually had a conversation with my friend the other day. I was like, I wonder how many kilos. And they were like, they were like, yeah, maybe you, maybe your own, you know, body weight. I was like, no. You can it's exceed. Like, you can no, no, you, no, no. It's like I know that that is not being, you know, right. pushing it too far. Pro, like if on common. every single film yeah. I've made, that is actually one of the things I always. I'm. That's your rider. That, that's that's your my thing. rider. I have pink lady apples <laughs> and almonds. Almonds, I feel like are tasteless. There's nothing going on. What's I don't? Are you tasting something I'm not? What's? Uh, I don't know, but I, I kind of, you know, it's like the big kind of very expensive <laughs> organic raw almonds. Right. You're like an almond sommelier. You know the the difference between all almonds. (laughs) Yeah. I even had a friend once who, uh, you know, I came to the house in LA to see them and they had bought, uh, so this is the thing, they had bought like six kilos of eight different kinds of almonds as a practical joke. And put a, like the daughter put a little, uh, you know, drawing and said, right. welcome home. Aww. It's really sweet. It's the secret to your heart. And I lost some almonds. I'm very happy. <laughs> it's a win all around. Uh, would you like to end there? Do you want another? It's up to you. You determine your own three. ending. Three is my okay. favorite number. Okay. What was the last time you threw up? <laughs> I know the last uh, when. I was a what? Uh, yeah, I don't want the specifics no. of what it was. Um, it, this, this is a Derek C. M. France story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's seen the film where you know he kind of well, I, I throw up. It's a very emotional scene. I, I get I get a very difficult news and you know I run and I, I react to it and I throw up and I, I partly I was like really I mean that's such a film thing to do. <laughs> I was like really tough and I was like you know you don't really do that straight after. I was like yeah no I've seen that people do that. I was like okay so. Uh, so I stood there and he, you know, I have put some, you know, 
fake whatever thing I was going to pretend to throw up and he just thought that I was shit at trying to do that because I did not look real and blah 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 so uh so he was like so it was like well I mean I, he's very much you know engaged like yeah. I you know he he gives everything to his actors and you know we want to do the same thing it's a very you know giving taking relationship sure it's like Alessia please you know I want you to you know I really believe this means a lot for the film and can you just down like four beers and just you know just pull the trigger you know (laughs) (laughs) so you know and I was like I'm not gonna do that but I stood there and tried to like get you know gag a little yeah gag (laughs) (laughs) dear god so you didn't it didn't come no, I couldn't do it. Yeah, no, it's no. just like it was just, yeah, I think I have a bit of a you have fear. Limits. You have... I have a bit of a fear since I was a kid. I remember when I got, you know, I had I got a bug and I, I, you know, your parents kind of like, you're going to feel so much better. And I just forced myself. Oh. I still had it like very in my <laughs> throat. Yeah. Well, there's a good, a good last image for our listeners yeah. of you attempting to throw up <laughs> and failing. <laughs> Well, it's in there in the film now. Maybe it'll stay. So, it was there in the last cut. So. Something to look out for yeah. when the film comes out. Um, sooner, you can see Testament of Youth, which, as I said, it's a great piece of work. Um, I know we're going to talk a lot more this year about many other things, but uh, it was really fun to talk to you yeah, today. Yeah, this is really fun. Uh, save the hat and those things and all. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back. Excellent. Good to see you. <laughs> That's the show, guys. I'm Josh Horowitz. This has been Happy, Sad, Confused. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to wolfpop.com. Check out all the amazing shows over there. And most importantly, check back in next week for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Graze.com, the snack service that wants to show you the tasty side of healthy snacking. Graze.com delivers tasty and nutritious snacks right to your work or home. They are perfectly portioned and ready for on-the-go snacking. Each snack is approved by their in-house nutritionist and contains no GMOs, artificial flavors, or trans fat, so you can feel good about what you're snacking on. Imagine that. Choose from over 100 unique snack creations and rate all of the snacks when you sign up to help them handpick a personalized that box of snacks just for you so go to graze.com that's g-r-a-z-e.com right now to get a free trial box that includes four of their top rated and most delicious snacks use the special code happy that's graze.com happy for your free box Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.